Hello, hello, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this is a book review of In the Light of Truth, The Grail Message. And there's a very courteous fellow, Lawton Brown, on my email newsletter. And he had emailed me a couple times saying, Jonathan, I love your book reviews. You should really read In Light of Truth, The Grail Message. And I took a look at it and I thought, interesting, but I did not have the time to read this book. I have quite a extensive reading list to get through. So he volunteered to put together a very thorough book review and he sent it over to me to publish exclusively on LimitlessMindset.com. So you can check that out via the link below wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I, in fact, in that book review, have a photo of the author. Maybe you want to go check him out. So Lawton entitled his review, A Brief Review of the Work. For the still relatively few in the world who have objectively examined the grail message in the light of truth, this unique work provides the earnest seeker of truth with the most comprehensive explanations and insights into all the key issues pertaining to human life and to existence as a whole. Furthermore, it does so in the most logically consistent, clearest, and simple way possible. All right. Well, that sounds good. That's what we're after. So I will narrate this review and add a little bit of color commentary where I see fit. Its author, Abedrushan, christened Oscar Ernest Bernhard, was born on 18th of April, 1875 in Bischofswerde, Germany. I might be pronouncing that incorrectly, but I'm sure it's a place what in Germany. Bischofswerde. 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 Yeah. Is that how I say that? Bischofswerde. Bischofswerde. Okay. Fortunately, I have a sexy European wife and she helps me with pronunciation where I'm lacking. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. In high school. You never cease to impress. Oh, you know that, John. Okay. The book consists of 168 lectures. In the Light of Truth, the Grail Message provides the earnest and objective seeker with clear explanations and insights not only into the multi-dimensional makeup of human beings, but also of the correspondingly multi-dimensional structure of the entire creation and of perfect operation of its primordial laws, all of which forms the context of our existence. Because of its all-embracing, logically coherent grasp of all existence, the Grail message provides the reader with clear and simple answers to all the key questions of human life. 
such as, is there a God? What am I? That is, what is the actual life core and origin of that which I am? What is the purpose of human life on earth and how we come to be here? What is the root cause of all our human problems? How did creation, including the Big Bang, really happen? What are the eternal laws of creation, the so-called laws of nature, and how do they operate in all our human life experiences? Is there life after death? And how does it all work as regards to its significance to human life right here and now on Earth? Is reincarnation real? And if so, what is its real significance and how does it actually work? Thus, these and many more key questions are finally and logically answered in the light of truth, which is this book. So you can probably detect a little bit of incredulity in, or is it credulity? Incredulity, I always get those two mixed up. In my voice here, provides clear and simple answers to these questions. I'm skeptical of that. These are questions that I think are in a lot of ways unknowable. And when people are claiming clear answers, when people are claiming to have uncovered the truth on these kind of questions, it makes me a little bit skeptical that they are starting a cult. But uh, nobody has asked me to make any uh, donations yet. So I'll read on. Yet, in spite of the comprehensive nature of this new micro and macro cosmology of existence, only detailed knowledge which human beings objectively need in order to recognize the true nature and cause of our self-entanglement and how we are able to free ourselves in time before it is too late is given. For this reason, the current growing concerns which increasing number of people have about matters such as the quote-unquote New World Order, the Illuminati, aliens, and so forth, are not focused upon directly. Okay, so it skirts around the aliens. Sorry, sorry, UFO crowd. Nevertheless, because the fundamental knowledge of the whole creation and its laws are clearly explained. Oh, really? Oh, really? Does, does the book solve the uh, gold back conjecture? Okay. This provides a sound basis for the seeker to recognize that which is real and true from that which is false. This is possible because all phenomena, life forms, and beings uh, as things and creatures of and within the creation are also all completely subject to the primordial laws of creation, the laws of nature. This holds true for every single life form, be it in this visible physical nature, world of gross matter, or in the invisible metaphysical material world of ethereal matter, or even in the higher spiritual planes of existence. One might say that 
though that through the grail message, all the significant gaps in human knowledge of life and existence have now been filled. And I say to that, boy, that's, you have to be a really uh, intellectually arrogant author to say that you're going to fill all the significant gaps of human knowledge and life and existence. Like, well, I figured it all out, guys. Don't worry, I figured it all out. It's in this one book. Uh, no more searching, no more research, no more science necessary. Figured it all out here. Continuing with the review. Indeed, that was one of the conscious intentions of the author. It is for this reason that I've often described the knowledge contained in the Grail message in the light of truth as 360 degrees of living knowledge without gaps. But already 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ had prophetically referred to one who would come and who would guide you all into who would guide you into all truth. Which Bible verse was that? Naturally, it is for each earnest seeker of truth who examines the Grail message objectively to decide for them whether or not it contains all truth in fulfillment of Jesus's prophetic words. And he's indicating that was in the Gospel of John. Okay. One unique aspect of the Grail message is that it is so structured and uses language in such a way as to make its all-embracing knowledge of human life in creation both accessible and enlightening for every truly seeking person, be they highly educated or not. Okay. Next section. On human beings in creation. Intrinsic to our nature as human beings is a restless, a restless inner drive and desire to know more. This also applies to our wish to know the true nature of life and in particular to know the true nature and life of our being. Together with other key questions of existence, this has occupied the attention of some of the best human minds philosophers, religionists, and scientists throughout the ages to this day. Through the Grail message, we learn that the original life core or living essence of the human being is spirit. In other words, we are at core human spiritual beings. Spirit is actually that which I am. Moreover, Oh, I'll, okay, I'll add another, I'm going to be the annoying skeptical guy. Sometimes I'm not, I'm not the, the skeptic, but I like to be an arbitrary contrarian. So given the opportunity, I'm going to jump on it. The, in uh, Sam Harris's book, he, and I disagree with Sam Harris on a number of things, but he brings up interesting uh, scientific uh, proof I think about the idea of the um, the humunculus is what he calls it. Humunculus is this idea of a spirit, the idea of a true self, uh, deep inside you, a true you that's that's separate from your body somehow. And he 
brings up how in uh, neuroscience, what they can do is they will often, they will uh, cut part of the, I think it's the corpus callosum in the brain. There's brain surgery that can go on on a human brain, on a living brain, that divides the personality, where by performing a particular brain surgery and disconnecting different hemispheres of the brain, the personality, the individual, is separated into multiple multiple parts. And if there was a humunculus, if there was a true UA spirit in there that was... Uh, and I do have some belief in the spiritual, but if there was a spirit that was wholly detached from the body, you wouldn't see this sort of phenomena where you could cut a personality in two with a knife. That's something to think about, isn't it? Okay, moving on. Moreover, we also learn that the spiritual core within our human makeup is the only actual life that we truly are our true original self or ego as our actual life. The spirit core radiates or glows through and animates the several cloaks or coverings around it, including the outermost covering of the physical body. Therefore, in the final analysis, we come to realize that the physical body, which the spirit needs in order to experience life in this physical world of gross matter, has no life in itself. It is only a physical gross material instrument of embodiment for the spirit. This is why throughout the ages to this day, individuals of all races have known through experiences the phenomena of being out of body. That's true. That's a compelling phenomena. Even in these materialistic times, significant numbers of people still have experiences being outside of their physical body. Often this happens near death. Uh, experiences during periods when a patient would be deemed clinically dead, such cases are well documented. This phenomena confirms that we are not the physical body or brain instrument, nor any of its products, which include the intellect composed of thoughts, feelings, emotions, instincts, or even imagination. I'm not sure if I'd agree with that, that out-of-body phenomena near death confirms that we are not the physical body. I've listened to a ton of podcasts about metaphysical woo-woo stuff, uh, about out-of-body things, and it would be pretty simple to conduct an experiment confirming out-of-body uh, experiences. Uh, people have talked about going and uh, going into a hospital and placing messages in the hospital rooms, maybe above the operating lamp, and then seeing how many people having out-of-body experiences are able to read those messages. And then you could crunch some statistical numbers on that, and you could see if the accuracy of people's perception of reality in their out-of-body experience is above randomness. And then you'd have some proof that we are something more than just our physical 
bodies. And again, I've listened to a ton of podcasts about this sort of thing. And I've certainly heard a lot of people talk about their out-of-body experiences. They sound very compelling, but I have not heard of a study where they confirmed it when that would actually be a pretty easy thing to do. Okay, the human spirit and inner life force, the actual human being, is completely immaterial, composed of an entirely different species of energy and substance, completely alien in origin and nature to those of the physical world, which originate originates in the earthly physical world of gross matter. Understanding this, which many advanced ancient people did far better than so-called modern human beings, also provides the logical basis for the correct and enduring belief in other phenomena, such as life after physical death, reincarnation, communication with loved ones who have already passed over, ghosts, hauntings, and many other things besides. Okay, I'll interject here again with another opinion of mine on ghosts. I do not believe in ghosts. Uh, I am a religious person. I believe in an afterlife, but I can't believe in ghosts. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, logically. The, the idea is that if you are a good person, the idea in most religions, most spiritual traditions, is that if you're a good person in this life, uh, by whatever standard that is, then you get to go to a better place afterwards. And that's the idea. That's the idea. That's right. That's right. And so this world is a place of uh, perpetual suffering, uh, disappointment, awfulness with a bit of a silver lining of some joy and happiness and good things going on. But it would seem to me to be very unpleasant as a as a, a person after this life to be stuck in this world if if i was a good person in this life and i uh deserve to go to a better place afterwards which i'm i'm working on that i would prefer not to stay watching this world especially as a as an objective spirit that had little ability to influence anything you can think about how if you watch the news too much, watching the news is sort of what it would be like to be a ghost, okay? Because you watch the news and you hear about, oh, there's some outrageous, terrible thing happened in some far off place. And, you know, here we got the shaky camera phone footage of it just to spike your cortisol levels. You know, it's really not that pleasant of a experience, right? And that's sort of what being a ghost would be like, that you'd just be hanging around the world watching bad things happen. And particularly, it would not be a pleasant experience as a ghost to hang around and watch your family members because you'd be you'd observe some some good things and some nice things happening with your family members, with the people that survived you. But 
at the same time, you would see your family members, you'd see some bad things happen to them. You'd see some sadness that they were in, in private as a ghost, just uh, observing them in a creepy way. And then if we look at the, if we look at the way that the metaphysical phenomena of ghosts presents itself, ghosts are typically terrifying. Uh, you can go on YouTube or Reddit, any number of places, and you can hear thousands and thousands of accounts of people having these terrifying, traumatic experiences with ghosts, with some type of spiritual force. And so being a, a relatively decent person myself, the very last thing that I would want that would seem good would be to just hang around in this world and watch it in its sadness and dysfunction and then to uh, from time to time randomly traumatize and terrify random people by appearing in the dark corners of their their bedrooms or whatever so the idea of ghosts as uh, people that were alive it doesn't line up with anything logical and it would uh, it and it also is not what any good person would would want for their family to experience after they had passed away I subscribe more to the Christian view which is that after we die there is going to be a veil between us and this world that what goes on in this world we're not going to watch it anymore that uh you know that that news feed of terrible things that we uh that we that we watch to our own you know to our own downfall that that gets cut off after death that sounds a lot better to me we, we just go onward in my opinion when we pass we just go onward on a different level in another dimension. Yeah. We're no that makes longer, more sense. We are no longer in this dimension, on this plane. Yeah. But I think that if a spirit wants to visit someone they loved before they died and whom they probably will love forever, you know, in spirit, they can visit them in dreams. Maybe that makes that makes that makes a little bit more sense because uh, dreams are one of the most benign things. Dreams are an exp a metaphysical ex are a metaphysical nonsensical experience that we are all accustomed to but the the idea that you'd want to come back from the dead just to terrify your <laughs> just to terrify your your grandchild while they are uh i don't know sleeping in their bedroom that doesn't make any sense to me no 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 no, not like this but for example when you are sleeping you're relaxed you're in a very relaxed state of mm -hmm. mind and then your mind can accept anything, you know, like from monsters and robots to your dead grandfather. Oh, those damn robots. Well, I tell I you, just, don't I, get me started on those robots, babe. Don't get me started I'm on just, the robots. 
John, I'm just saying that uh, that your subconscious can accept anything in a sleeping state and it will not be that shocking to the system if you see a diseased loved one while you sleep. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes some sense. Let's move on with the review. Once we have come to recognize that we are actually human spirits, the immaterial ghost in the physical gross material machine, other questions that naturally arise. What is the origin of our spiritual species within the creation? Why are we here? And how did we come to be here in a physical body in, the, in this physical gross material world of which the earth is part? Through the Grail message, we are now able to understand that when it comes to these deeper questions of life as such, unfortunately, our current mainstream form of science is completely out of its depth. The reason for this is that the human intellect is the main driver of mainstream science today. Extraordinary, extraordinary though its capabilities are in the material world, as we can see from the rapidly advancing technologies. Nevertheless, in the final analysis, the human intellect is only a product of the physical gross material brain. This means that intellect together with thoughts and other gross material products of the physical body-brain complex, such as instincts, feelings, and imagination, are all and will remain gross material in nature. This is in spite of their varying degrees of fineness and intangibility. This limitation also naturally applies even to the most powerful instruments of science, as well as to the various frequencies of quantum particles and radiations which science uh, knows about, albeit in part. It is a natural law that nothing can ever go beyond the basic nature and scope of its own origin. For this completely natural and logical reason, a purely intellect-based consciousness, perceptivity, perceptivity, and intelligence can never directly access or probe into the even greater and higher planes of existence in the so-called beyond. So I am very bearish. I would say I'm an anti-scientism kind of person. Huge fan of science. I devote quite a bit of my time to reading and understanding science. But we are in a paradigm of statist scientism. In my book review, for example, of Rigor Mortis, I go through this really rigorously researched book uh, explain that breaks down how the state funding of science creates all these different really bad incentives that get stacked on top of each other that make that produce really bad science that produce highly inaccurate unreliable kinds of science so if we were to ever get into a, a free market sort of science uh, paradigm, we would see science exploring a lot of interesting things. Back to the review. It is not yet widely understood that being intellect dominant, 
as most human beings proudly are today. I would disagree with that. I would say that very few human beings are intellect dominant. I would say the vast majority of human beings are are something like uh, happiness dominant, that they pursue happiness, uh, the transient feeling of happiness above everything else. I would say a whole lot of human beings are just kind of uh, feelings dominant. They just follow the whims of their emotions. And then a lot of human beings are uh, dogma dominant. They pick a particular dogma and then they just roll with that for the rest of their life. I would say very few human beings are intellect dominant. Okay, is in fact an unnatural consequence of human beings having embarked upon wrong courses of human development. This led to what certain ancient writings have described as the fall of man. Over many thousands of years, the continuing fall of humanity has been driven by the ever-increasing focus of our life energy time and attention mainly on earthly gross material things whilst neglecting the development and maturing of our spirit, our real life ego, our true self. Being thus wrongly and one-sidedly over-engaged with material reality and neglecting the inner spiritual life core along with all of its multi-dimensional perceptive qualities and abilities, the earthbound intellect thereby became correspondingly one-sided, overdeveloped, and dominant. And I think I'd agree with that a bit more. I think that a lot of people, especially in modernity, are, you know, yeah, far too focused on material things. And I am kind of optimistic about this, though. I think that we're seeing a, a slow ramping up renaissance towards a more spiritual kind of awareness. Uh, things like meditation um, with the difficult times that the world is going through, with the decline of civilization that we're experiencing, religiosity is going to increase. And boy, that's a, that's a silver lining to the breakdown of civilization. Back to the review. This is literally a serious condition of actual narrow-mindedness because the higher spiritual consciousness and perceptive abilities that transcend the earthly have thereby been greatly diminished. Moreover, because intellect is a product of the material brain, its range of perceptivity and comprehension is limited only to physical gross material realities, which itself has varying degrees and frequencies of fineness. But still, it remains within the fields of the gross material. Having defined itself or locked itself into this one-dimensional gross material corner of reality, modern mainstream science, in spite of all of its tremendous earthly advances, cannot provide any simple, clear, and logical knowledge of human life as such. Only about our body-brain instrument and still relatively little about the outer earthbound intellectual mind, all of which are tremendous 
and yet only the tip of the iceberg of human life and reality. Yet the origin and destiny of every human being, objectively speaking, lies far beyond these lower gross material worlds. The Grail message explains and details all of this with unassailable logic and clarity. Yes, it sounds like such a logical book to me. Given the unmatched comprehensiveness of the knowledge of creation and its laws contained in the Grail message, this short summary was written in the clear knowledge that no summary of it could ever really do it justice. It is really a work of high source that earnest seekers of truth are invited to read with objectivity. Okay, and Lawton, the guy who wrote this review, I'm thankful of him doing that, he informed me that the version of the book that you can find on Amazon there on Kindle is not a legit form of the book. Uh, apparently the uh, unassailable uh, truthfulness of the book has been uh, corrupted by the dirty publishing industry since the time that, uh, that the author wrote it himself. So instead you want to get it from the uh, publishers that Lawton recommends, which I do link on the page here. That's where you can get the real deal on this. And funnily enough, a number of people came to my website to add, number of fans of this book uh, came to my website to add their reviews of the book. So there's a, yeah, there's a lot of people that feel very strongly about this book. Again, I am a arbitrary contrarian, so I'm looking to uh, disagree with things uh, where I can. And there's a lot of things that I would, I think, disagree with in this book. I think I will personally pass on this book. I'll draw a comparison here. So you've spent a lot of time on the internet. And I'm sure you have seen on the internet a bunch of times where there was some type of guru on the internet and the guru was selling you a course or like an ebook or a series of videos on the internet for maybe for $47, maybe for $67, maybe for $267, maybe they were selling a course with a Facebook group attached to it and it cost $997. And they were gonna teach you the truth about internet marketing, the truth about how to make uh, a fortune trading Forex or how to make a fortune on uh, selling things on Amazon or how to uh, make great riches in the real estate market. <laughs> if you've been on the internet for any amount of time, you've seen this over and over and over again. Uh, there's a guru and they are selling you the truth and they make a pitch to you with uh, an incredible amount of certainty in their voice, and their words, and their rhetoric, and their message. And this is because us human beings, we are really compelled to buy 
truth. We, we do all, somewhere inside of us, have this, uh, this compass. Uh, we have a, an appetite. We have a hunger somewhere deep inside of us for the truth. And so when you come along and you write a book and you say, this is the truth, guys. I'm going to tell you the truth about reincarnation, the truth about God, the truth about where you're going, the truth about what was before this life, what comes after this life, what the purpose is in life. When you're selling truth, uh, you will have no shortage of buyers. And so I get a little bit skeptical when someone comes along and writes a book and says, this is the truth that I have to sell you. Uh, That's when my skepticism radar, that's when my uh, critical thinking radar gets especially especially sensitive. But uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe this uh, German fellow who seems to have uh, adopted a funny name, maybe this guy had it all figured out. I guess we'll Maybe we'll find out one day, maybe after our time in this life is over. Anyways, I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. Look forward to a continued conversation with you.